0: Sarah Barnes is the founder of dog walking business who lets your dog out and she is the ultimate inspiration for anyone looking to pivot their career. Sarah had a successful job as a management consultant traveling the world but felt unfulfilled and suffered from bouts of depression. So she decided to take a six month career break and spend her time walking dogs. She soon turned her passion into a profitable business. On this episode of Sound Advice Entrepreneurs Unfiltered Sarah shares how she ditched the desk job, put her mental health first and built a thriving, fun-to-run business. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thank you for helping me on this podcast. It's really nice to be here. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, So you initially studied law at university and became a successful management consultant, but ended up suffering from stress and depression. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and how you coped? So looking back
1: on it now I probably started with a bit of stress and kind of depression much earlier than I really realized so I mean I graduated this sounds really old now I graduated in 1999 so the last century Um, but actually I probably had my first kind of initial hints about it in about 2002 so I didn't really know about it at the time just kind of got on with it did whatever um, and it wasn't until I was out in Southeast Asia, as you say, being a management consultant, I ended up at some points doing, you know, 80 hour weeks, which, you know, if you're out there by yourself, it's not a problem, but I missed my family. I didn't really have friends cause I never knew how long I was going to be somewhere. Could go there and be there two weeks. I could go there, be there 18 months. It really was just all up in the air, which don't get me wrong. I was happy to do cause I knew what I was signing up for. I just didn't really... Think it would have that kind of effect on me. So, obviously, when I started to get a bit down and depressed, I'd phone home, talk to my parents, or occasionally get hold of a friend. But there was an eight-hour time difference, so you know you don't want to phone your friends when it's their lunchtime because if you're having a moan, it kind of puts them down, and you like I don't feel I'd feel bad about you know trashing the rest of their day. So kinda of got to a head when a few things went wrong in the office and, you know, I was like, no, I've had enough, I'm going home. Uh, came back, had a couple of jobs then in the UK because I thought, well, you know, at least I'm nearer friends and family. I'll do that. And yeah, it was better, but it wasn't still right. Um, and I got a trigger we found that I'd got triggered into what was kind of my first proper bout of depression. Um, when I found out my dad was unwell. Um, he got diagnosed with cancer. I think most people in today's society have experienced that. Um, But we went through it. I I put myself on meds just to kind of get myself balanced so that I could work through my days and not be sat there in a corner trying to teach someone how to transform their business but be a blubbering wreck. So I did that, got through it, um, changed jobs, got nearer to home. Um, still wasn't really enjoying it and just like you say I thought heck with this I'm going to have a career break I'd never had one so in all my time since since college basically I've
0: never had that career break. And how hard was it to quit your job and that comfortable salary and who did you turn to for advice?
1: I was really lucky and I have to say that wholeheartedly Um, I had savings in the bank so I'd kind of gone this isn't working how much have I got in the bank? What could I do with that? I had my own home and I and I live in my home by myself. So it's my responsibility for all the bills. Um, and I'm really fortunate that my parents live quite literally half a mile away. <laughs> so I sat down, I talked to my mum my and my dad. They've always been there for me. And I said, you know, I'm not happy. Dad said, yeah, I can see that. You know, subtle sort of as a brick that he is. Um, and... I said, you know, I've got to do something. I'm not I'm not well in myself. And he said, Well, if you need it, we will support you to the point we will pay your mortgage for up to six months. So, you know, that's a big weight lifted off my shoulders. Um, because you think that's kind of the big bill that goes out every month, and at least I would then have a roof over my head to do whatever I wanted. Um, I can say hand on heart, I've never needed it. Yeah. <laughs> but that having that safety net there was probably what enabled me to make that leap and go, I literally, I walked in, I'd handed my notice in to my boss. Um, we had a big kind of team meeting and they said, oh, Sarah's got something to say. And I went, by the way, guys, I'm trading in lotting lot in for dogs. And I got, oh, yeah, you know, this kind of massive reaction of gasps of breath. And I, seriously, now I've decided, you know, I need a break. I'm going to go walk dogs for the summer. What more can you dream of? It's sunshine, fresh air out in the fields and it's that idyllic image of running through the fields with the dogs and they're all behaving and it's all fabulous. (laughs) Let's just say it didn't quite work out that way all the time, but (laughs) it gives me stories to tell
0: um, every day of something, you know, makes people laugh. So that works for me. So you initially had this kind of six-month financial buffer. In terms of your next career, had you thought about what you were going to do? What was the plan B? there was no plan B. This wasn't even plan A. This was literally, I'm going to take a
1: break. I'm going to kind of reset myself, get things going. And then I'm going to go back to probably being a management consultant or a project management somewhere. Um, I tried big, big, big companies, you know, multinationals and all that. I tried that medium company and I tried a small family owned company. and I'd never felt I quite fitted in any of them. So I was like, what do you do? And I was like, well, I'm not going to go freelance. I'm not going to set myself up as a consultant and project manager and go hunting for work. I didn't feel the passion there to do that. Whereas once I kind of got into the dog walking and the home boarding, as being the girl that always wanted a dog, and I haven't had one since, you know, my early 20s, um, this worked out great. I've got the best of both worlds for me. I literally have dogs stay over in my house. Some of them sleep on my bed, some of them sleep downstairs on the sofa. Literally just before we came on, I took a picture and I've got three dogs asleep on my sofa. Um, And, you know, I go out on a walk. But if I want a weekend off, as long as I plan it miles in advance, then I can have a weekend away with no
0: dogs and just go from there. And by quitting your corporate job and knowing that you had some space and freedom to explore what you wanted to do next... Did that immediately change your mental health? You know, were you able to come off the meds?
1: Uh, It probably took me about nine months because as well as the whole the job thing, I did have my dad being unwell. So until we got the all clear from him, um, I kind of stayed on them because I wanted to make sure that I was balanced. Because again, once you decide that it's going to be this new career, and I did quite quickly on, um when somebody turned around to me and said you do home boarding and I went no and she went you really need to and I went why would I want to do that I don't kind of want dogs in my house was what I thought and she went I've turned down 600 pounds worth of work this weekend I was like right where do I sign on the line (laughs) again even for six months I'll do that 600 quid Uh, and you know I went from there but I think really I didn't know what was going to be next um And I just went with the flow and I've always kind of had that mentality of I'd rather regret something I did than something I didn't. Um, Could explain why I have a very eclectic past between university and project management. There was a lot of other jobs in there, but I think all of them in their own way have helped me with where I am now. And the fact that, you know, six months has turned into five years is
0: kind of a testament to this is probably where I should be. And at what point into the six months did you think actually this could be a legitimate business probably it took about three or four months to kind of get to the point I was going
1: well you know actually I'm making I'm not making a huge amounts of money don't get me wrong but I'm covering my mortgage my savings are not broke I have still got a little bit in there um but again it was well you know I'm really enjoying this and if you know people see it as a valued proposition you know it's no good just having somebody that can only walk your dog on a Saturday or only walk your dog on a Tuesday afternoon because they're working around other jobs. If if that dog needs to be walked on a Thursday evening, then nine times out of 10, I can do it. You know, I do have free food Thursday where I go up to my mum's for dinner. And that's my kind of I can't have the laptop with me. I can take my phone, but nothing else. And that is I take the dogs with me. Uh, but, you know, we have that. Kind of an hour and a half on a Thursday evening. Mum cooks me dinner, and I just get to relax and switch off a little bit from the business, because I do pretty much everything for the business. So I I am the business finance keeper, bookkeeper. I do all my accounting. Uh, I do my payroll. I do vehicle mechanic work because vehicles break down, and if not, then it goes off road for two or three days while it goes into a garage. So I'll. Jack of all trades, I've turned my hand to most things. So that hour and a half a week is
0: just kind of moment. (laughs) So I mean that's been a huge learning curve for you in many ways. Um, what were some of the toughest moments of getting the business off the ground and building up the brands and getting new clients on board?
1: For me, it was really I only knew of Facebook, let's be honest. Or social media, as you want to say. Everyone goes, just create a page and everyone will flock to you and it's so not that way no matter how hard you try (laughs) um so it was learning how to market the business was a big thing for me it's not just you know going around handing out a few flyers which really does work or just creating a Facebook page it's getting your name out there so in the summer when it was too hot for me to walk because you do have days where it is too hot to take the dogs out um I would literally be going putting flyers through Every door on a housing estate um I since then I've managed to get a regular slot on the local newspaper, so I write for them once a month, which I would say to anyone that's starting out at least get a press release out there, and I know it sounds really old school yeah, get a press release, get a nice picture, put it in the paper. The worst they're going to do is not publish it. The best they're gonna do is they'll publish it they'll ask you for a comment on something or, you know, just do something. Stand out from the crowd. I've always worn branded T-shirts when I'm working, even from day one, which is a bit sad because most people are like, but it's only you. You don't need to have a branded T-shirt. And you're like, but actually, that means the person sees me walking down the street and they go, ah, she's a dog walker. They may not see me again for another three weeks and they go, oh, that's her again. So... Getting your name out there, marketing and advertising is the biggest thing, but it doesn't
0: have to cost a fortune to do it. What were some of the hacks that you discovered and money-saving techniques? (laughs) Is learn what you can put through your business as a business expense. (laughs)
1: Um, It is really. I mean, yes, you say branded T-shirts. Yes, that's a business expense. But for a dog walker, I, I go through probably two pairs to three pairs of walking boots a year. Uh, They're all business expenses. Learn about what the warranties are on them because, again, most walking boots have a one- to two-year warranty period on them. So you get free exchange. I didn't say that. Uh, (laughs) uh, You know, but also things like um, on the admin side of things is keeping good good records. Really make sure you do keep on top of it. If you leave it for three months to then start filling in an Excel spreadsheet or going through and doing a bank you're not going to remember anything. Um, I, from day one, I said, right, this is my bank account. This is my personal account and never the two shall cross. And really I did keep it, even though it was a sole trader initially, did keep it as a separate entity as much as you can. So I would take drawings out of it, but I really started to live beneath my means, if that makes sense. So, you know, if I could take... 500 or 600 pounds out a month out of the business that's fine but i need to make sure i still save part of that because next month or not now but at that point it might have been in two months time i might not be able to take 600 pounds out of the business i may only be able to take 300 if i still need 600 where's that other 300 coming from so budgeting is really key but you know i i like i said for me it's making sure you Keep the two things as separate as possible, because that way you'll know how well your business is doing, even when you don't think it is. So the first time I hit a £1,000 income in a month, I was like up cheering and everything else, the hands there, I was applauding myself. Um, but I never thought that two months ago I would hit £7,000 month. I just never thought that was going to happen, so... It's looking at now, I still don't take a huge amount more out of the business now that I'm earning £7,000 or the business is earning £7,000 a month to when I was earning, you know, £1,000 a month. I live very frugally. Um, I put as much as I can through the business and learn to sew because then you can repair things. (laughs) It's tough. Do you know half my t-shirts? You get a claw, a dog's claw, just clip it and you go, there's a hole in the t-shirt.
0: Make do and mend. Exactly. It's very old school, but it does work. And were there any other business owners in the local area or books that you read or networks that you joined that helped you in that sort of first year? So in the first year, I was, I think looking back, I was really lucky. Um, it was a bunch of
1: local dog walkers and they all had a WhatsApp group and I'd kind of, before I started, I went and I met a couple of them and said, can I follow you for a day or can I come out on a walk and pick your brains? Um, you know, I'm considering doing this. And they were really welcoming because they said, you know, there is more dogs that are here than we can handle. So we had that as a kind of a get together and people would have a little bit of a moan or they'd say, you know, I've just dropped this customer because of X, Y, Z. Watch out, they could be coming your way. Or, you know, I've had this inquiry, I'm not sure. Or, oh my God, I've just had an amazing day. You know, I've hit my thousand pound goal or whatever it happened. So it was really good for kind of networking within dog walkers and learning stuff. Uh I tried a couple of like networking groups and I think maybe I thought I was going to get more out of them but it, I felt like everyone was trying to sell to me. But I did meet we had a women in business group which was also interesting because I was this you know I was one of the younger people and I wasn't that young. But you know I met a lady who at the time was in a recruitment agency. She now runs a mobility scooter and you know the chairs that move up she now works there and i'm like oh, it's a bit different but you know she has a dog and i didn't realize she had a dog and i hadn't seen her for two years and then she said oh we're going away the girls are going to be at the house can can you walk the dog so you make friendships and acquaintances with people and you never even imagine half the time that they're actually going to come to fruition so it's be polite be generous Books-wise, I did quite a bit of reading in my first year about just basic business admin. I mean, I did business and finance at college, but that, like I said, that was in the 90s. <laughs> so, you know, I had to kind of remind myself about basic bookkeeping, about what you can and can't do. Is it okay to go and put a flyer on a car in a car park? I don't think you can, but I never did because I wasn't sure. And I didn't want to get, you know, I didn't want to get in the press for the bad reasons. Um, But it was really, yeah, that was the only really, but was just like I say, basic business principles so that I had an idea of where I could go with it.
0: And what do you think were the transferable skills that you took from your role as a management consultant that helped you as an entrepreneur? Planning, to-do lists. (laughs) I live by to-do lists even now. It just
1: means I don't forget things, Um, organisation skills. uh, My diary is fairly hectic. I have roughly 130 dogs that we kind of look after. Some we'll see every day, some we'll see once in a blue moon. But we just kind of go through the motions and I have to be able to remember who's where and what and who's got food allergies, who doesn't have food allergies. But yeah, to-do lists are a big thing for me. Um, And as they grew the business, um, processes and procedures and documenting what you do and how you do it so that you can clone yourself effectively because it's too much for just me. Will the dogs like the other person? Will the customers like the other person I bring on board? And if not, how am I going to handle that? And how do I train someone when we're so busy already? Because I should have probably recruited earlier than I did. How am I going to train them and replicate myself and
0: share what I know about these dogs in a way that they can take it in? And just as the business really started to take off and thrive, the pandemic hit, how did you cope with that when you were only allowed out of the house for, I think it was an hour a day to exercise? During the first 12 weeks of the pandemic, obviously, we were all
1: supposed to stay at home and not do anything. So I sat on my sofa and knitted dog scarves for Christmas presents. Get ahead. (laughs) Plainly the right thing to do in the early spring and summer, (laughs) Um, but... The one hour a day, I I basically I said to all my customers, unless you know you cannot deal with your dog because you're all at home as well, I'm not coming to see you. So I put my business on hold, which was really hard because, like you say, I was just kind of getting to that point. You're really happy. So I had one customer who survived a week, and she said the dogs pulled me over three times this week, and he was a dog we walked every day. I've known him since he was eight weeks old, and I see him pretty much every day. So. My hours of exercise every day was taking that dog for a walk. And I would walk from my house to her house. She only lived half a mile away. Pick up the dog, walk him around the field for 45 minutes to an hour, drop him back at her house and walk back to my house. And that was, that was my life outside of knitting scarves and
0: you know, bits and pieces. Of that. But actually, you were helping her out. You were probably helping your own mental health and you kept a client on board. Exactly. Um, he was my only income
1: for the first bit of the pandemic because I wasn't entitled to any of the uh, grants or anything that was going around. So he was my income. He basically paid my mortgage. Uh, She was like, well, I'll just give you a load of money and you can then just walk it off over time. And I was like, no, I only want to get paid for what I do. I had a couple of customers that were really generous. that were saying, you know, if you want us, we'll pay you a £1,000 now. You know, we'll give you a £1,000 tomorrow and then we'll just draw it off as and when we need it and I was like thank you for the offer it's really generous but I don't want that because if I want to go away and they want the dog walking well they've already paid for it haven't they so you kind of go no so it was going back to living frugally you know bathing on toast and all those kind of things and going from there but it was really it was an interesting experience not saying I'd like to go through it again Um, And as soon as we could open up, I was so
0: much happier. It was lovely to see the dogs again. You know, you miss them. And you've seen huge growth since then. I know you've taken on staff, you've bought another van. Um, But you mentioned you wish you'd recruited earlier. At what point should you have done it?
1: Looking back, and they do say hindsight is an amazing thing, I should have recruited who Emma, she is now, my first employee. She's still with me, thankfully. I cry when she goes on holiday now <laughs> um, but oh no I've got to go back. Um, I probably should have recruited her when I hit about 75 to 80 percent capacity because that would have given me and her the opportunity to do a lot more kind of initial training and learn a bit more if that makes sense so I knew what I wanted her to do really easy just go off and walk dogs. But you kind of forget that even for me, it took me a few months to learn the best way to walk, not just one dog or two dogs, but four or six, because we have some groups where the dogs are all off lead, which is great because they're having a whale of a time. You've just got to be able to keep an eye on six dogs and make sure you know where they all are at one time so your head's on a swivel. You know, you start slowly, so you start, new staff members usually get two or three dogs and usually one of them is one that has to go on lead and then... You build it up and you build it up. Unfortunately, with Emma, it was literally, you're coming on board. Um, I've got to go away for a weekend in about three weeks time. So you've got three weeks to learn. Congratulations. And she was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Really lucky Emma has two dogs of her own. So it was a good starting point.
0: (laughs) And how do you find employees with that right mindset and the right energy? You talked about recruiting and replicating yourself. How do you do that? It's not
1: as easy as you might think. Everyone goes, oh, everyone, I love to do dog walks. you're like, yeah, they do. But not everyone's a good fit for my business. Um, I don't do solo dog walks. That's kind of one of the things I really don't want to do. I've got a couple that I do because they're either dogs I can do at any time of day or they're dogs that were in a group that have had a few growth issues. Generally, they've hit adolescence and gone, no, I'm the boss. And you go, no, no, you're not. I'm the boss I'm the walker um so how did I recruit so I was really lucky my second employee was actually Emma's (laughs) mum keeping it in the family (laughs) exactly so my mum is known to all my customers as Granny Barnes and she will not come on the books as an employee she's a volunteer she will not I keep asking Emma came on then Emma's mum came on and then it was I put job adverts out on Facebook I put job adverts out on you know jobs hunting sites and stuff and that bit's easy. You get this wealth of people coming. and go, I want to walk dogs. I want to walk dogs. Yeah. You're like, are you going to be happy doing it in the middle of November when the six dogs are all muddy and it's peeing down with rain? Because let's be honest, that's the worst kind of time of year. You're covered in mud. You're sliding everywhere. What are you going to do? So I thought I had a really good recruitment process. I did a CV check. I did a chat over the phone. My first kind of real face to face with them, I took them out on a group walk. So they could experience what it was. So, you know, if I've got a problem dog on a lead, I'm a bit evil. I give it to them for a few minutes while I unload the other dogs from the van just to see how they react to it. Because if it's a problem dog and they can just hold it and steady, that shows me that they've got a level of confidence and ability just to handle dogs. Because everyone thinks it's really easy.
0: And to be honest, some of them really are, but others are ripping the hot. And... And as the business has grown, you now have employees, you have the extra van, you have 130 dogs on your books. Has that changed the way you run the business? So, yes, I'm actually a lot stricter now with my customers. So, originally, I was like,
1: if a customer asked me to do anything, I would pretty much always say yes. So, again, going back to an earlier question, one of the things you need to learn to say is no, especially if it's not quite what you want to do. So... I'm only allowed, when it comes to dogs in the house, I'm only allowed four. So that's it. If I've got four dogs in the house, I can't take anyone else in, which really upsets some customers. They're like, but but I need you, but I told you six months ago I was busy already. That now. So if you really want the dates, you need to book far in advance. You also need to pay a deposit now, which you didn't before. Especially before the pandemic, I really wasn't worried about them. But now everyone's wanting to go on holiday and then people are dropping off because something's happened at work, or what have you. And I'm like, oh, I've just lost two weeks worth of income. I try to take a bit more time for me because I am seven days a week, pretty much 24-7. It's very rare I have a dog-free night. And if I do, I like usually sat on the sofa going, I could have a bath without having a snuffly noise at a door. Um, so, yes, I would spend all night sat in front of a laptop or on my phone working given half a chance. So I have I have to kind of put limits. I have reminders that come up saying stop playing on your phone or stop working on your phone or now is the time to do this. From that perspective, I've always been, having had a law degree, I've always had a quite a comprehensive contract um, and I know a lot of dog walkers don't but I would say if, if you are in the business where you need any form of contract, make sure you've got one. Uh, I originally started with a timesheet for, you know, staff and Emma to fill in, paper timesheet. I've now transitioned that over. We've got a HR app because that just makes my life easier so that I can just pull the report off the app on the last day of the month after everyone's gone home and I can run payroll rather than spending 20 minutes or an hour or two hours chasing everyone going, you didn't give me your timesheet. I need your timesheet. or I can't pay everyone. So there's lots more systems and processes in place now than there were like as the business has grown so with me and Emma it was really easy we just have a conversation me and Emma's mum still only three of us just a conversation but now there's me Emma Emma's mum Lisa Katie and Julie who that's the five walking team plus I have an admin lady so it's not just one conversation now it's a lot more so it's just working out how to communicate because, again, I've had to learn to communicate better with people because I think I've told somebody something. I always ask now, I always ask my customers to confirm anything they've said to me over the phone on a, on a written message, either a text, a WhatsApp or an email,
0: just that so I've got it for future referral because I can't always remember everything. I'm not as perfect as I would like. And you're right, from the outside, it probably looks like this dream, calming job, you know, where you're outside with dogs and in nature. in reality it's really stressful and you talked about you know the sleepless nights and working weekends do you still worry about your mental health and how do you prioritize that other than having Thursdays at your (laughs) mum's so
1: I've tried really hard in the last like 18 months to two years to have one weekend or one two-day period away from the business every quarter Um, that's that's worked really well except for this year. I haven't had one yet. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Um, But in my defence, I am going on my first holiday since starting the business at the beginning of June, so in a a few weeks' time. And that will be, you know, my kind of... That's going to be a scary moment for me because I'm letting go of my baby and letting it run with Emma and a few other people in charge. Uh, But really, it's been... I took up running... Um, so I started doing Catch to 5k with a bunch of ladies, which was great because it's not just a matter of going for a run. We would have a gossip and we'd put the worlds to right. And it was gaining that kind of network of friends that I would never have met otherwise. And that's three 45 minutes a week. Customers are aware that Zara goes for a run at 6.30 and then she'll be back by quarter past seven. That's worked well for me. Uh taking me time is something i have always struggled with so it's it's being aware of that and then really putting it in my diary as an appointment like i would any dog walk or trip to a physio or trip to the doctor or whatever so it's planning it in
0: and giving myself the time yeah you actually schedule it into your diary
1: yep i have things that i've reminders that come across that no borders or you know no walking this day <laughs> For the business, I try to give myself one admin day a week, especially now I've got the team. Um, on the flip side, I give all the team at least a three-day weekend pretty much every week. So the girls generally don't work Friday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday is me in the business with, with all the dogs. uh my responsibility, unless I'm off teaching. Um, so then one of the girls will come in and cover for the dogs for me. What are your expansion plans for the business? So... As well as doing dog walking and home boarding, very early on I started teaching Pet First Aid. So I do that face-to-face because when I was looking to become qualified in Pet First Aid, which is a requirement of the business, it wasn't available. I couldn't get it locally. So I qualified in that. So that's one area that is growing. Um, I'm probably going to expand where we can home board. So I'm going to license my mum's house so she can have house guests as a four-legged variety as well. <laughs> more money for me. Um, and then I've actually just started, late last year, a second business. Tell us more. So I'm not busy enough. Um, <laughs> don't laugh. It's called We Do Doggy Do Do. And basically, we are scooping poop <laughs> out of people's gardens and parish council poo bins and churchyards and things like that where some unscrupulous people don't necessarily pick up and where there is a community or someone that is prepared to support us and we will go in and we'll do it for them, obviously for a fee. It's not a huge fee, to be honest, but, you know, it works. And that one is interesting for me because it's such an unusual business proposition that most people go, ah, people don't pick up in their own garden. Ah. And they do pull that funny face and you go, well, not everyone can. You know, you've got older people, one of, my, one of my staff had to have knee replacement surgery. So if she had had a husband who was prepared to pick up, nobody had been picking up after the dog because she couldn't bend down to do it. Um, you've got older people that, you know, their dog is their, their true life companion, but they have age-related ailments, which means they can no longer pick it up. So again, you're, from my perspective, I'm therefore helping them to be able to keep their pet, which is their companion. So that it gives me that warm fuzzy feeling if that makes sense when I'm picking up (laughs) poop so but you know it's a natural extension for me because we spend all day picking it up anyway
0: yeah I love how you're diversifying the business
1: (laughs) it's different um what's the worst that could happen really is that it doesn't take off I mean I've it's I invested an initial amount in it and I've not gone over that it's it's self-funding itself now um after this one is kind of a bit more established i'm forever on the hunt for a, bit, a plot of land because i'd like a secure dog walking field so people that have got reactive dogs or nervous dogs or dogs that can't be let off lead in public they've got somewhere they can take their dog where they will have sole use of it and they can then run run wild and you know burn off the energy that they need um if if i if i ever win the lottery i have a huge expansion plan but you know We'll have to wait for win the lottery on that one.
0: <laughs> so you now spend your days picking up dog poo, walking dogs, and um, home boarding, and running your business. Is there anything you miss about the corporate life? Probably the interaction with different people.
1: So most of the people I see on a daily basis have four legs. They're not really people; they're dogs. Um, I can walk down a street and I can spot a dog that I know, but I couldn't tell you if it was the owner that was walking it sometimes or one of the kids, or a family member. So I don't, other than the initial time when I meet them, it's very rare that I actually see the family, that I just see the dog. Um, so sometimes I think, you know, that, that human interaction I miss a bit, but I've I've identified that as a problem. So I am trying to put myself out of there, a bit like with the running group, um, contacting friends that I've had from almost past lives is the best description, you know. And trying to stay in touch with them be it over a phone call once a month or I've got a friend who's had to move out to America for work so we try to make FaceTime or something once a month just so we can say hi how are you because it's quite isolating for her so you know I've identified that and thought well is it isolating we've had a chat said yes so we scheduled that in helps her and it helps me because it's somebody who knows what I do and knows about my past and we can talk about anything and everything
0: Yeah, I think you're so right because no matter what business you're running, it can be really lonely as an entrepreneur. So, so important for your mental health that you're prioritising those human interactions as well. Definitely. So what would be your tips for a successful career pivot? If anyone listening to this show is thinking (laughs) about doing it, what's your advice? I would definitely say,
1: have a plan. Make sure you've got some money behind you. It's no good going, I'm going to have a career pivot. Just because, you know, I hate my job and I've got no money. I've said it to people who are starting up businesses or people who don't know what they want to do, take a job that you really don't like, you know, if you have to do it for six months and bank as much as you can with a goal that, you know, I'm doing this for six months so that, you know, for example, I can afford driving lessons or I can start a new business. So get the money behind you. It doesn't have to be the biggest amount. Do your research. So like I said I went and spent time with dog walkers. Um, I found out about home boarding. Set yourself a plan. Set yourself a goal, and then once you're ready, just go for it and go hell bent for leather. I mean, I I quit my corporate job. I I had a I had a pub job on the side initially, because I was like, I'm too scared to have no income. Uh, but that that died a death really quickly because I got busy with dog walking. Um, and then you just kind of wholeheartedly commit to it. But be prepared to change the plan. So I had no intention initially of home boarding, but that's nearly 50% of my income now. You know, I never thought about having dogs stay in my house, especially curled up on my bed. But they're they're all currently downstairs on the sofa. I can pretty much guarantee it now. And it <laughs> does, you know, you get really house proud when you get your first home. You're like, oh, it's all so pretty. And now I'm just like... Oh it's gone out the window (laughs) I'll clean the house that's not a problem but you know and the other thing I would say is once you've done that pivot don't be scared to ask for help Um, I really didn't and I really kind of refrained from asking people not just their advice but also getting the right people on board so daft as it sounds getting a cleaner in for me is a big deal they need to be able to like dogs. <laughs> they don't they're they're not gonna enjoy cleaning my house. But I really didn't want to give up that level of control. So if you're a bit of a control freak like I am, accept that you're going to have to release some element of control at some point. But really, get the money behind you, do your research and then
0: jump in wholeheartedly. Just go for it. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Sarah. What a transformation. Um, Thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you. You can find out more about Sarah's business at wholetsyourdogoutuk.com. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Tune in soon for more Entrepreneurs Unfiltered.